Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. For the fans, by the fans, this is the Non-League Football Show with me, Tim Fuel, here for another hour or so of Non-League chat, debate and stats in the fourth qualifying round weekend in the FA Cup. And joining me and keeping me sane, or sane-ish again this week, a man... He doesn't actually cite the FA Cup as uh, being his luckiest of competitions, but he certainly knows all about the road to Wembley. Welcome back to the Non-League Football Show and the studio, Mr. Dave Anderson. Good morning. It is a good morning. If I'm, if I'm keeping you sane, you're in trouble, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, FA Cup was okay for me. I think I got to the first round a couple of times and maybe got the second round once at Hendon um, with, under Frank Murphy, you know. So, uh, but um, But still... Put shivers up your the back of your spine, you know. Well, well that's what. Hopefully, we'll be talking to uh, a couple of guys uh, today about about the magic of the mm. FA Cup, and it, it's still there. And I, I, I think this round in particular, when you've got the the first round proper looming, you, yeah. You, if you if you're in this round, then you, you can almost smell it, touch it, and uh, it, it it does seem that the the excitement is is certainly brewing around us. It do, and and it chucks up. It chucks up games like Notts County versus Bleeper Town, or however it's, however it's pronounced. Belper, Belper Town. Belper Town. Potter's Bar versus Barnet. You know, like, it just chucks up that. Uh, I think that's what excites me when you see, well, especially Potter's Bar, Barnet's local for it's a That's a big derby. They're, they're quite close together. You know, it, it's, um, it just, that's what puts the magic dust on it, and it's fixtures like that. It does uh, magic magic dust uh, around Hazen Yedding United where we're recording this uh, today as well. After our uh, our victory against Hendon in the last round, and, and, yes. and I know I know Dave saw the uh, the interesting uh, goal from from Hendon, which certainly made it an interesting end to the tie. Where they our goalkeeper had been getting some treatment at the side, and then was running on the field, but wasn't anywhere near the, his own box as a. Uh, Hendon uh, drilled home, uh, well, the restart kickoff, really. Was it, uh, yeah, it, it, clever on their part. Um, amateurish on the officials' part, I feel, that that you can you can let that happen. Um, uh, is it pushing, as far as Hendon's point, is it pushing uh, sportsmanship to the brink? Yeah, it probably is, but there's no rule to say they couldn't do what they did. In fact, you know... <laughs> I wish this was in a di- different place. But the day the, when we played the final at Wembley, um, I think it was the, I want to say when we went 2-1 up, um, the penalty kick, um, Cray, Volley, Peter Mills were looking to, because we were all celebrating over with our supporters, and they were looking to kick off. But um, always remember Lubo Gwenches, who is brighter than the average bear, he... He bent down in their half and tied his lace, which which I would never have thought of doing. It was genius. Um, so they were clued up to kicking off and sort of getting at us. It would have been interesting to see how the officials dealt with that. Uh, have the officials done anything wrong? 
by I, the I, rules. I think the letter, letter of the rule is, you know, they're, they're fine. And you, you mentioned Hendon, you know, we, we had a good laugh about it afterwards. And at this yeah, point in the beginning, five, in the five each you wouldn't have though, would you? Well, exactly. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's the, yeah. the wonders of technology. We, we've spoken about VAR being mm. in at the higher level and us not being able to, to use that. But then you get the trial by social media afterwards. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I know, you know, a friend of the show, uh, Steve Baker, had a, a similar issue this week uh, with... Yeah, you know, most of these games are being videoed now. So yeah, which so, is, I think it's really good. I think I think it sort of adds to the debate. It, it shows it for what it is. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you, but <clears throat> Steve put on Twitter. Um, in fact, they might have been the Horrorborough stream themselves. Put on um, uh, one of the penalty kicks that was given against Horrow at the weekend. I say one of the penalties, the penalty kick, and I, I listen. I was a goalkeeper. I thought it was reasonable. Well, I was an international goalkeeper. I always joke about that. Um, this ball was struck at a pace that if I'd have got a hand to it as a goalkeeper, I'd have been delighted. And it, it hits the horrible defender. And it even in slow motion, you can hardly follow the pace of the ball. Um, it is There is no doubt that it hits the horrible defender on the hand. But if he, if he has got reactions like that, I, th- I think the England cricket board should be signing <laughs> yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And and you sort of go, well, how is that conclusion being drawn? How has a referee thought that's a penalty kick? I, I revert to the Northern Ireland one last year when I was chucked my toys out of the pram in, in, in one of our qualifiers, World Cup qualifiers. Uh, same thing, nobody in the ground, nobody in the ground, a horror or anywhere else was thinking it's a penalty kick. You watch it again, you can't understand how they get it. Now, there's two, two th- chains of thought for me. One is, the referee's out of his depth, or two is, um, and I've used that one many times before. Uh, two is, what's their directive? You know, what are they being advised from senior, their senior people who who try and give them a directive? Because I'd like someone, and if anyone from the referees' union or any referee who has seen it who wants to defend the decision. I'd love them to come on and um, and and state their case for us because it's it's an absolute joke. And I think Steve said in his text that it, it had happened to him. It wasn't the first time it had happened this season. Anyway, with Steve Baker, we're hoping to. I haven't spoke to him. He might say no, but we're hoping to get him on. We're going to do a little managers thing, aren't we? For yeah. uh, once a month or something. And I think we'll try and get Steve on first. But but yeah, I think <clears throat> I think both them. In the Hendon situation, have they broke the rules of the game? I don't know. Um, I think the officials, I'd like to hear what the officials feel of that. It didn't feel very sportsman-like, but um, neither is diving or rolling over. Or, well, that's it. You know? and, and, yeah, we, we, we have enough trouble trying to get officials. And, you yeah. know, again, we both put our hands up. We wouldn't want to do the job. No. So, we, you know, we respect them and thank them for, for turning up and making sure that we can play games of football. Mm. But I think it's, it's that... Where at the higher levels they've got the VAR now, and you, you've yeah. got the the post match, or even during the match, you know, where it might be a three minute break while they're considering what's going. You know, there's replays going back, slow mo rewinds, and that sort. Of. So then, obviously, fans are then adopting that in in non league because yeah. they haven't got that, yeah. and then going back and retrospectively looking at this. Yes, so it's yeah. putting more and more pressure on on the officials at yeah. our level. Um, I think yes, I think you're right, and and I think that they then come in for crit- listen. The one thing I would say, if I was in the ground, 
at Harrow and seen that penalty Saturday. I didn't need to see it again to think it was a poor decision. But I do think you're right. But I think the plus side of it is that that officials, surely officials would take any game that they've refereed on video, no matter how they've done them, and, and watched it. So, so it's a great learning curve for them to watch themselves referee. Um, I had it many years ago where someone filmed me in a dugout and, and it changed my life. It was an embarrassment, you know. So I'm not saying this from the holier-than-thou community. I'm, I'm saying I, I, I was... I was shown what a mug I was in a dugout. So I'm just saying that the more that gets filmed, the more we can have debate, the more that referees can view it and hopefully gain experience and become better out of it. There is an underlying problem for me and there has been for a few years that the standard of refereeing at, at, at every level is um, is below where it should be. How do you fix that? I don't know. Answers on a postcard, I suppose. Okay, so to our first guest, can you, can you hear that? It's a sound of excitement building, anticipation <laughs> of the fourth and final qualifying round of the FA Cup that arrives with us this weekend. It's also the sound of preparations for our next guest, as not only does he join me on the line now, but I understand he will be joining me in this very ground on Saturday too. Let's talk FA Cup with a man who knows more <laughs> about the competition than anyone else I know. Welcome back to the Non-Leafable Show, Mr. Philanets at FA Cup Fact File. Hi, Tim. Hi, Dave. How are you both? Yeah, yeah, good, mate. Looking forward to the next few minutes of your stats. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope I don't disappoint. Oh, yeah, ne- never, never one to disappoint, mate. So, so the final qualifying round, the, the big one for all involved in non-league, there's just 32 ties, but some of the biggest games these clubs are, are like to play this season, if not for several seasons. It, the prize money uh, it, is big and it's a, it's a massive uh, opportunity to to swell the coffers but there's also that that bigger prize in the next round too you have potentially Sunderland Portsmouth and Ipswich Town amongst the other wow, clubs yeah. you could play in the next round I know that would be fabulous wouldn't it uh, particularly if one of the teams that are below the National League managed to uh, draw one of those guys at home uh, be a fantastic occasion for that club and there's, there's several there that could do it so it's, uh, it's a big opportunity um, we've got at least four ties where there are teams below the National League who are facing each other. So we've got a guaranteed four teams from, from that level of the pyramid who will be in that first round draw. Yeah, and I, I think there's, there's plenty of opportunity for cup sets as well with the lower sides against National League uh, opposition. And I think even hosting National League opposition gives them a slight advantage. Uh, yes, it does, yeah. Um, obviously, the, the TV uh, has found Potters Bar Town hosting Barnet as the potential uh, cup set. Um, so they're showing that one live on the Saturday lunchtime match. Um, but obviously, the team with the biggest um, challenge is uh, Belper Town, who travelled to Knox County in what I think is a tie with the most intriguing information. And uh, that would be the biggest upset of the round if uh, Belper could get through. Um, to put it in context... Belper Town have never been beyond the fourth boy fine round before and Notch County have never failed to be in the proper rounds before. Wow. So it would be a momentous uh, achievement for Belper to get a result at Notch County. Yeah, of course, uh, there'll be plenty latching on to the fact that the you know Notch County are in this uh, round for the for the first time ever. But there's uh, plenty no, of... No, uh, not, not quite first time ever. Got oh. to correct you there, Tim. 
Yeah. Uh, they actually played in the qualifying round in the 1888 89 <laughs> season. Yeah, Tim was only a boy yeah. then. <laughs> I, I, I knew I was missing a programme from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, one of the other things is that they're the first uh, FA Cup winners or past FA Cup winners to have to play in the qualifying round since 1914 15. And in a bit of a quirk of fate, the last club to do that was their arch rivals, Nottingham Forest. So that's, uh, that's quite a. Uh, a, a stat for the FA Cup this season. See, th- th- this is this is the reason that, yeah. that, that we, we we know that we have to speak to Phil there every every round. And I, I this, mentioned- is, this is actually the quietest I ever am. I'm recording <laughs> in this period. I just shut up and listen. <laughs> I mentioned uh, obviously about the the, the prize money uh, in the competition this year, which has made a massive difference uh, to the clubs that have made made progression. Um, and obviously, this is the final round where the losers are going to be picking up some money as well. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, so the losers, I think, get uh, just over six thousand for uh, getting knocked out in this round, and the winners uh, they get eighteen thousand seven hundred and fifty. Um, yeah. Obviously, this year as well, um, quite an interesting position with uh, the Berry FC situation for the first round. That one team will actually get a buy in the first round and automatically earn a thirty-six thousand pounds prize money. It, it, have the FA said what they are they going to pay out that that prize money? There's always this this fear in the back of my mind that you know a buy will mean that. Uh, we'll put that money into a, a, a wider pot or something like that, which, uh, which sounds lovely, but not as the club, but has lost that opportunity. No, it, it sounds like they've made an official statement uh, to say that that's what will happen. Oh, good. So, for instance, if, say, uh, Chichester City should get through, I've started off in the extra pummy round way back in August, and then they get the lucky draw of being the team that gets taken through to the second round, that'll be... Fifty-four thousand pounds on top of the coffers that they've already earned this season. Decent. Wow. And, and I'm sure probably Chichester City, as you say, started in that extra preliminary round. They they probably earned more money this season than they probably have in the last ten seasons of the FA Cup. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, they've won five FA Cup games already this year. I mean, if they were a Premier League club in the FA Cup, this would be their FA Cup final they'd be playing to, on this weekend. Yeah. A tough time uh, for them, though. They're over at Bowers and Pitsy, I think, aren't they? Yeah. And, uh, um, but, but history in the making for both of them. Well, that's right, yeah, because Bowers and Pitsy uh, might be the higher team, but uh, they haven't played in the first round before either. So whoever wins that game will get that, that uh, prestige of being the first uh, set of players to represent their club in the first round in the FA Cup. And a, I think there's another game as well at Royston Town versus Morden and Tipsy where it's the same situation. Yeah, mate. So whoever wins that game... Yeah. Great history for the club. I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm going to say Molden and Tiptree will win that because they knocked Churchy out in the last round. Well, they yep. hammered Churchy, and I spoke to a couple of staff at Churchy, and they were really impressed with um, with Molden and Tiptree. said they were excellent, you know. Yeah. And yeah, well, I mean, they've got an, ad- an added incentive because I think the BBC has said they'll do the draw on Monday at their ground if they are the ones that win that match. Wow. Royston, I love me for that, but you know I had to say it. <laughs> um, obviously, we, we we like to have a look at the lowest ranked club in the round uh, as well. Now that's Colne from the Northern Premier League Division One North West, yeah. I believe. Uh, uh, yeah. um, but but they've got a tough tie at Gateshead, and uh, we're going to speak to the Gateshead manager a little bit later. But it's it, it's one of those that, that it, there's a story. Whoever wins that game, 
Well, definitely, yeah. I mean, Gateshead have had their troubles in the last few years, so for them to get back to the first round would be a good achievement. But for Colne, it's outstanding. I mean, again, they've never been in the first round before. And it's not that long ago, five years ago, they were getting knocked out of the uh, first qualifying round of the FA Vars. So they've come a long way in a, in a very short space of time. Uh, and there's quite a few other teams like uh, Peterborough Sports and Kings Langley and Potters Bar Town who are all trying to get to the first round for the first time. So there's a lot of clubs out there trying to make history for themselves. Yeah, Peterborough Sports, one that um, obviously we, we, we've spoken to several times on, on the show in, in recent years, but um, I'm sure when they pulled AFC Fylde out of the uh, of the pot, they, they, they thought, well, it's going to be a nice day out. But obviously Dave Challoner, the, the manager yeah. there, losing his job at the weekend. So uh, yep. it, it, yep. it may be... It, it, if they don't appoint before the weekend and you get that new manager factor against you, it, uh, yeah. they might be fancying their chances. Well, I think they, they've got a good history of knocking out teams from higher levels over the last two or three years, so they'll fancy their chances. That, that's just completely... Uh, he lost his job and there's no game. <laughs> that was a weird one. You know, the game had been called off because Sutton had uh, yeah, travelling difficulties. So, you, can, you know, you can just... You're never, ever sure these days as a manager, are you? No. Uh, no I... I I did intimate earlier, Phil, that we we have the pleasure of welcoming you uh, welcoming you yeah. here to the the Skyx on Saturday, uh, Hazen Yeti United against uh, Paul Town. Any encouraging stats for me? <laughs> well, they both they played each other uh, just uh, twice before in the FA Cup with one win apiece. Um, so you know, it could go either way. I've been they're to both the of those division. games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it could go either way. Uh, they're both in the same division. It should be quite an intriguing game. Uh, but I don't think there's anything necessarily to suggest uh, either team should beat the other. But uh, for Hayes, it would be, uh, I think, a record equaling uh, cup run if they got through to the first round. So yeah. there's that incentive for them. What, what, uh, what, about the, what about the Philanets factor, though, where, where you've been yeah. this, this season? Well, well, I started off well. I went to Chichester City and that's done them no harm. But unfortunately, everywhere else I've been, uh, <laughs> I've played the away team. I think it's been successful. Did I say so... I was going to welcome you? <laughs> <laughs> I think I used up all my luck with yeah, yeah, the city, yeah. I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, there, there is one other tie I think we need to talk about on uh, this weekend. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Chesterfield taking on Wrexham. Um, it'll be the fifth time they've met in the FA Cup with two wins apiece, but the last time they met in the FA Cup was in the actual quarterfinals of the competition <laughs> back in 1997. So it's quite, quite intriguing to see that two teams that last met in the quarterfinals are now meeting in the fourth quarterfinal round of the FA Cup. The next time they get together, that, that's that's scary, and that that can that can happen. It, it give us another, give us another one. Come on, one more, <laughs> one more. Have I got any more? Pick a, pick another game. Uh, give us a start. Well, like. we have got Whiteley for playing Chippenham Town. There's a, there's a contest where the winner of that tie will guarantee at least equal in the best ever performance that club's ever had. So there's something to play for there. Yeah, excellent. And obviously, we mentioned the Potters Bar Barnet uh, tie, which is the BBC's choice on the, yeah. the red button eye player uh, situation. But we've got another game as well, which is on the BT Sport, which is, well, again, a, a big a, a big game that people uh, beyond non-league circles will recognise the names, names of the two sides there. Yeah, two, two former forward league giants, I guess, in comparison to non-league. Uh, York City uh, against Stockport County. Uh, despite their, their league record, they, they've never actually met each other in the FA Cup before. Um, so it'd be quite interesting that, uh, to see how they get on at this level of the competition. 
Well, Phil, as ever, it's Brilliant. been a pleasure to, to speak to you. I'm looking forward to uh, meeting up on, on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I, I guess we'll have to keep you in a cool, dark room until then to contain <laughs> your excitement. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah, uh, Phil, I'll, listen. I'll bring back the luck. Phil, if if Hayes lose Saturday, you'll never be on the show again. You know that, don't you? <laughs> there'll, be a, there'll be a few people cheering, I'm sure. Phil, just remind people where they can uh, uh, find out uh, more about the other stats that you haven't been able to mention uh, in your blog. Yeah, so I cover every game of the fourth qualifying round on my Twitter account, uh, at FA Cup Fact File. Uh, and also you can find a, a summary of the whole, comp- of, of the whole round on my WordPress blog account, FA Cup Fact File at WordPress. Thank you very much, Phil. Have a great weekend. Yeah, look forward to seeing you Cheers, guys. Cheers, mate. See you then. Bye. Cheers for now. So what about a manager gearing his side up for the FA Cup this weekend? A manager fairly new to the role, and if Hollywood directors were looking for a new story to create into a film, he might already be one of those penciled in to follow. Just a few months ago, he was probably questioning his whole future in football. Now he's just a few hours away from a spot managing the side in the first round of the FA Cup. First up, though, a tricky tie in the fourth qualifying round against Colne. Welcome to the Non-League Football Show. Manager at Gateshead FC, Mike Williamson. Oh, thank you very much. Well, it, it's Cheers, what an intro that was. <laughs> well, it, 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 it probably didn't do you justice, uh, mate. I, 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 we'll come back to the FA Cup in a minute, but we should mention the year so far for you. I mean, you were a senior player at Gateshead last season, and there were the various ownership issues, wages mm. issues. Was that maybe the toughest time for you ever in football? Um, not, I wouldn't say personally, no, I would say the situation was just, it was crazy. Um, there was never two days the same. Um, and there was always something, you know, something coming up, um, off the field. Um, and it was just like, for me, it was all about just bringing the group closer together. And we, we, we built that mentality and that environment. And I think that's why, um, we overachieved so much because, you know, the back end of the season, we had 14 uh, fit senior players um, going into some tough, tough games, and um, then obviously the the lack of uh, wages being paid and the instability. We got kicked out of our, our stadium and our training grounds, um, so we had to train at Heaven and things like that. It just it become a little bit comical, but it just big, created such a strong bond in the team, which was which was just really good to be a part of. It was it was really remarkable. You know, what you just kept getting those results, and you were you were up there challenging. And it, every day, as journalists, we're we're trying to find information uh, out about what's going on. You know, well, but you guys just seem so focused on on just playing football and and in, enjoying what you were doing, as you say, enjoying being a group together. Yeah, yeah, it was that. It was. It was okay from the outside. It was. It was. Um... A very serious situation, and like I say, for the fans and supporters, it was it was a tough time because obviously the the club that they followed and loved for years and years were was rapidly going downhill, and nobody really knew um, if it was uh, going to be salvageable. Um, but in inside the camp, in terms of the lads and their mentality, they were just such a hardworking, honest group of players. Um, and as a senior player. It was uh, it was a joy to to be with these lads, you know, young lads that are striving, and you know, a few of them have gone on and and signed for league clubs, um, have done really well off the back of it. And I was just trying to, along the way, kind of just explain that when you step over that white line, 
that's when you've got no stresses and worries of the outside world. You just play your football, you do what you love, um, and uh, you know everything else will take care of itself, which is, is proved for quite a few of the players. Uh, and Mike, you know, n- now that that's behind you, and it's well, one, how has it changed? You know, how has it changed? It much easier for you now. So is that different? Is it you know when you have that sort of fortress mentality, and it someone pulls the walls down and everything's okay again? Has it changed any? T- tell me how how you feel now as opposed to at the very start. Yeah, well, it, it's a completely different situation. Yeah. It's from last season. Obviously, we had all the um, issues, um, and it was it was a bit of a circus, um, really, um, with the media and um, everything that was going on. Um, so it was just like rolling with the punches um, at the time. It's just we were being very reactive to to whatever came up the next day. Um, but during the summer, it, it looked quite bleak um, at certain points for the football club. Um, and then, luckily enough, there, there was just some very hard-working people that have got a lot of love and passion for the football club came in, worked ridiculously hard, diligently to get, get the club taken over. Um, and then, yeah, from, from me sitting down and uh, them proposing you know, how they saw the vision in the football club going forward, to, to now, it's, it's, it's been relatively plain sailing in terms of uh, the football club. Um, initially, you have your, your your issues kind of trying to recruit because yeah. we had zero players and we're off the back end of a, uh, a season of just turmoil. So a lot of bad press, uh, you know, a few relationships that have been um, bridges that have been burnt along the way. So it's just a re- rebuild, really. But like I say, the guys now, the, the board that have come in, they're just they're local people, and they've just got the the club's best interest at heart. So it's a it's a pleasure to be to be working here and, and moving the club forward. You sound as if you you did it all in an armchair recliner armchair. You're a laid back lad, to be fair. <laughs> I, um, yeah, you know is that is is that you're sometimes listen. Sometimes we sound calm on the radio, but we're a different kettle of fish behind closed doors. Is that your persona? You just take it easy see how what happens and you know no real jumping up and down frills and spills yeah yeah i mean that's that's my my personality mm. i'm i'm very laid back and i just i want to experience everything to the the, the best of my ability and uh having five children at home <laughs> that uh, keep so my feet back all the time the floor. <laughs> so yeah yeah you, you probably go to go to go to work to get a break go to football to, to, to chill out for a bit <laughs> exactly exactly what i was just about to say i uh, come into work for a breather yeah. so uh, <laughs> uh yeah no it is it, it's, it's one of them like uh, the, the bottom line is i love football and i love um you know the competition um and just uh, finding a way of being the best version um, of you know of ourselves and as a team, so and the rest of it is all just you know it, it can be very superficial. We can get dragged down yeah. a lot of it with with stresses and, and strains, but a lot of you know when you, when you you know you close your front door and you're at home, you know we all know what the true meaning of life is all about. So it's it's I, I love it. I enjoy every day of it. So I'm just very fortunate to be in this position. Yeah, I, I um. I'll tell you a quick story because it adds in that I went to see Northern Ireland uh, playing Rotterdam on Thursday and I was I called into the team hotel to get my tickets of a friend of mine but I met Jimmy Nickel ex-Man United yeah. Millwall he was, we're just and I had a couple of friends with him and he was telling them about being manager of Millwall where they didn't like him and they were going to kill him basically and um, <laughs> he, he said talking about stress his quote was he says people said to me after it how can you deal with that it must be so stressful and his line was and it's his line not mine 
He said, listen, when you're mortgaged, your wife and your mistress are a month late. That's stress. <laughs> <laughs> so it just reminded me when you said it. But on your uh, to go back to you, to make, um, from a player to a manager, player, manager, how do you see it now? Are you playing much? Are you not playing at all? Are you... Yeah, no, no, I'm first name on the team sheet now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do that, what what happens in the dugout then? Yeah, well, um, yeah, like I say, um, my uh, the backroom staff have got here, Michael Nelson and uh, Ian Watson. Yeah. Uh, and our physio, Chris Bowers, is very fantastic. Like Michael Nelson, obviously, he's, he's very uh, experienced, got wife experience, 700 games to his name. Um, and Ian Watson, he's a... Um, SNC coach by trade, but um, yeah. you know he's doing his coaching badges as well. So all of the sport I need is here, and it's been quite lucky in, in the fact that when uh, um, I've needed to kind of add a niggle or um, have a rest, that Nelson's played, um, and vice versa. So we've always got kind of two two coaching backroom staff on the side, and uh, normally one on the field. So it has worked really well. And, and with sort of, I'm, I'm always it always in, intrigues me. Um, and, uh, Kevin McLaren's playing player manager at Church and I after me and when he's playing then Steve Hawkins deals with even substitutions because it's difficult sometimes to get the information on to, on to you you know but who do you, are you do they talk to you if they're going to make a sub on the pitch to get messages across how does that sound um, yeah I mean I mean before the game we kind of um We've got plans. We've got yeah. kind of uh, a few loaded substitutes in terms of if we need to protect the lead or we need we need a goal or yeah. you know things like that. And then obviously we've got um, we've got uh, the different positions in terms of any injuries and, and we know who can play where and shuffle around. So a lot of it is kind of uh, predisposed. But yes. um, to be honest, um, the last few substitutions, it's just I you know I've got full confidence in in Nelson, Busty. So um, whatever they think on the time, because yeah. there's been a few times where. I get so heated up, I'll lose track of the time and, you know, the emotions are high and things like that. And, uh, you know, they're off the field, so kind of out of that battle. Um, they can see things with a clearer view. So, yeah, most of the time it's uh, we, we've spoke about it or yeah. if we get a drink break. But, yeah, normally, you know, I've got full faith in what they believe and make a decision as a whole. Yeah, and, and I would just fin- finish by saying that some supporters and I don't mean just kids' head supporters, but football supporters would think, oh, is it really? But people within football will absolutely understand that, Tim. You know, they, they will understand that you have people in your staff for a reason. You have people in your staff yeah. that you have to trust, and, and when you shut the door and have meetings, you know, you, you although you have disagreements, you're all, all on the same wavelength. And if, if Mike's yeah. in the middle of a game with 20 minutes to go... The last thing he needs to be thinking about doing is is making it is making a change. Um, so I, I absolutely get that, and it's absolutely the right way forward. But but uh, listen, good luck in your recliner. You know, keep keep being right <laughs> back. No, I, I thank you very much. <laughs> Mike, obviously FA Cup this weekend, and uh, I saw your interview after a, a tough win at Kids Grove Athletic last round, and you mentioned you'd like a home tie. Uh, well, you got yeah. that, and the lowest ranked club in, uh, left in the competition too. Uh, do you perhaps sense it's uh, you know everything that's gone on this year? Is this maybe Gateshead's year in the in the FA Cup? Um, well, I mean, one of the biggest cliches of football is taking each game as it comes, um, and yeah, they're the lowest ranking team, but that poses its own its own problems. So, yeah. um, you know, they've had some good results. They've beat um, you know Dunstan uh, in the last round, and we know that they've got 
they're they're a good team. So um, we've had a few reports on them, and we know you know what they're about. They've got big, strong, uh, physical um, lad up front, and uh, they can play good football. But they you know they play up to him, play off him. So you know we do know that we've got to make sure we turn up, and obviously the home time we know we know what we're getting with the pitch and the environment and the surrounding. So. You know that uh, we, we've got a good home record, so I'm, I'm delighted for that. But yeah, it's it's one of them where the FA Cup is there to dream, and uh, we all will do. And uh, even this morning, we've been talking around about you know what would be a dream tie if you did get to that first round or third round. Um, but the fact is, we got a job on. So and uh, coming the kind of underdog brings the biggest uh, potential banana skin so we've got to make sure that we're we're at the races and we've got the right mindset and we apply ourselves like we do every other week yeah and I'm going to give you a bit of advice make sure you play Saturday because they are uncomfortable games (laughs) for a manager (laughs) in a dugout when you're that everybody if you win 6-0 people go well so what you know and but it's not it doesn't have the magic of the FA Cup for nothing so my advice Mike would be play and let your staff Panic in the dugout. As a side, yeah, yeah, I'm much calmer on the field. Not that you'd know it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, what about you? So you? You mentioned about your coaching staff and the, and their careers uh, uh, and experience, but uh, again, uh, Mister Mister Layback and, and, and calm. I mean, you didn't mention your own fantastic career as a player. What was it? Wickham, Watford, Newcastle, yeah. Wolves, Oxford. Any the country? Pa- yeah. Any particular FA Cup memories or stories from from your time as a player? Um, you know, I haven't really got any FA Cup. I mean, obviously, uh, we had a good run in the Europa League with Newcastle. Um, and I suppose my most memorable was the, the Carling Cup with, with Wickham. It's Paul Lambert at the time. We got to we got to the semi-finals um, against two legs against Chelsea, um, which was my most memorable cup run. But no, I haven't actually got any real Newcastle. We were notorious for, for getting dumped out at the first round <laughs> that, we're, that we're in, yeah. Well, so you know all about shocks then? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've had a, we've had a, I have had my fair share of upsets yeah. um, along the way. And and just going going back to the league, um, National North, uh, mid mid table, uh, fairly decent start to the season. Because everything started so late, and you say you know you're trying to pull squad players together, will you set any targets for this season uh, before it started? Um, we haven't done no because like I say. We were sat here in uh, mid-June and we had zero players. So it was kind of just a complete rebuild. Um, and uh, we were playing catch-up a little bit with a lot of teams. Um, and we were getting a, you know, a lot of knockbacks based on the fact that you've got no players. So you know we were trying to sell a vision of the club um, and where we want to go. But it's very difficult when, when you've got nothing to really go on. Um, so yeah, no, in terms of targets... Uh, I've kind of, I mean, I've signed a two-year contract, and I said, 100% sure I want to get the club out of this out of this league in that tenure. But I think the the way the the season started for us, it's been very slow and steady. But we're we're picking up, and I think that we're starting to uh, build and get better at the process. That um, you know, I always talk about here with our values and our philosophies of how we play, and and the belief starting to build. And you know, we've off the back of a few good wins so we just want to keep that going and keep the momentum building really because like I say we're a new group and we're ta- we've taken a bit of time to settle down but we're, we're finding our groove now so it's just uh, you know it's not broke don't fix it so we're just keeping on going Just one last one from me you've, you've played under a, you must have played under some magnificent managers um, Yep and 
just just off the top of your head, who have you picked up most from? Um, I've I've picked up a lot from different and just I mean going from quickly. Um, the Paul Lambert was somebody who I just knew um, that if uh, if you're an honest, hard working lad, he'd stand by you no matter what. And yeah. um, I've had times where he's he's completely berated me in the changing room and then gone out on uh, on national TV and big me up. Um, and it's those kind of little little yeah. nuggets that I've taken from there. But you know, when I was out with Alan Pardew at Newcastle, the the kind of the intensive pressure that he was under on the outside, but he never really showed it on the inside. He had that calm, ex, you know, exterior um, coming in and around. And then with Chris Hewitt and the humility of just such a genuine person, like he, he didn't need to, um, you know, be the hairdryer because you just wanted to win for him because yeah. he's such a genuinely good guy. Um, and then, yeah, people like Brendan Rogers, I was lucky enough to have six months of him at Watford and his attention to detail um, and was just phenomenal. Um, and his management was incredible as well. So, yeah, like I say, I've been I've been lucky enough to have some some fantastic managers. So you, you just kind of take as many little kind of yeah. traits from each one of them and, and try and put them to your own repertoire. And yeah. that's that's why those Hollywood directors should be penciling you Absolutely. in for a, for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, yeah, thank you for joining us on the Non Leaf Football Show. Uh, best of luck for the rest of the season and at the weekend. And hopefully, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Well, what a nice guy, what a calm guy. And impressive. He, 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 yeah, impressive. He's, mm. he's got the pedigree and yeah. looks like he's he could turn into a very good manager himself. Yeah, um, very impressed. Impre- I love I love calmness because it's not something that I am, as you know. So I, I, when you meet your opposite, it's always, I always find it interesting. I just thought he, he spoke loads of sense. He'd played under big managers and picked out big traits that... that that if you can incorporate them in, you've no excuse really, um, and I've I've no doubt. I mean, the the one thing that that uh, well, Mike did mention, and, and there's no reason he would. I, I think the biggest thing in management is recruitment, and um, if he recruits right, he'll be successful. And and I haven't even been in this dressing room, um, but, but the old saying is, bad players can get a or, sorry, good players can get a bad manager out of jail. But uh, a good manager can't get bad players out of jail. So um, if he gets good players, he he'll be a good manager. You can just tell. You just so I would say if he concentrates on who's doing his recruitment, he'll be fine. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So from a manager fairly new to the role, uh, to a manager as new to it as probably any uh, we'll speak to this week, appointed this week as manager at Brighton Sea Region in the Isthmian Premier. He certainly has a great pedigree, both in league football and in non-league football. And it is a pleasure to welcome to the non-league football show, new manager at Brighton Sea Region, uh, Kemal it? Morning. Morning. Kemal, I mentioned your pedigree as a player. So let's start there. Uh, over... 
400 appearances for Colchester United, including uh, captaining them into the championship in, uh, what was that, 2006. Uh, back then, did you think management might be a future career for you? Um, no, not probably then. I was probably a bit too young and then never and a little bit naive and never thought that my football career was ever going to end, if I'm being totally honest. But um, as you get to sort of your late 20s and you're, you're 30 and you're early 30s, you then start thinking about what you're going to do after. It was only probably when I was about 30, 31, and I started speaking to Eddie Boothford. He was the one who sort of said that you could see me being a manager, and then you start thinking about stuff that you want to do after football. Yeah, and it's not that you're a novice to management, because, of course, you previously had the role at, uh, at Stanway Rovers, uh, and then more yeah. recently you've, you've been coaching alongside a man, I know Dave Anderson knows well, uh, John Coventry at uh, East Surrey United. Uh, so why the move yeah. now into, into management uh, again? Um, it's just I wanted to be the one that makes the decisions. Um, it was great working under John, and he was was real good help. But you um, you work hard all week on coaching, and I still will be coaching. I, I enjoy coaching and, and making players improve and making them better and getting my ideas across to the players. It's just when it comes to to team selections and and formations and stuff like that and player recruitment. I've obviously got my own ideas and, and John Coventry has his own ideas and it not that it becomes annoying, it becomes a little frustrating that sometimes ideas are a little bit different and you just want to do your own stuff and that's what it boiled down to at the end of the day is that I was I was getting to that point where I wanted to I wanted to be the one making the decision on who was playing, what we was playing, how we was playing, who I was who we was gonna bring in and, and stuff like that. That was all that was. Uh, that, and that um, come that that becomes a natural progression. That's something that will come naturally to people who are going to. Some people will stay and be an assistant or a coach all their days because that's what they like. That's what they're made up to be. But if you if you are a manager, it naturally comes where all of a sudden you go, "Well, I wouldn't have played that team, and I wouldn't have played." And I said, John Coventry, yeah. John will understand all that, I guess. But but it, it just is a natural feel, isn't it? It is. It is. When I first went over to East Forest, I, I explained to, to John that I was always looking to try and get back into management, um, and he understood that and always said that any any job that I would I would apply for, I would always let John know, and I obviously let him know about this one before I, I got in. It was, I, I let him know before the interview, but it's just even even though I was only the coach over there, we would constantly have discussions. At any time he picked a team or he would mention a team, I would. I was the one that would would be the one that would question. Yeah. Do you not think that we could do this and this and this? And he would obviously ultimately have the ultimate say about what team he was going for. It was just you see things differently. Everyone sees things differently. Um, and like you said, it is just a natural progression. Some people just want to be followers, and some people want to be leaders. Um, it, in, in my case, I think I, I'm one that wants to be a leader. I want I want to, to live and die by those decisions that you make, and um, that's just the way I am. And, and you know, just looking at the league position, <clears throat> you obviously want to get away from the bottom of the table as quickly as you can. How, how you know, what's the situation with the squad? Are you looking to add to it? You know. Um, just basically, what's your first thoughts? I know you've only been there for five minutes, but what's your initial um, so thoughts of what, what, what you need or what you've got? The, the initial thought that when I look at them is that we need to score more goals. 
Um, they've not they've not scored enough goals. Yeah. I remember when we played them, they were a little toothless going forward, um, and that's something that we need to improve on. Whether it's bringing in players, which I think will always help because it shakes up the squad and and gives them a little kick in the in the yeah. backside, which yeah. some people need. Um, I think that we're going to need to bring some forward going players in. I think defensively they've done okay. I just think maybe they need some ideas on how to break teams down and. Um, how we can go about doing that be my job and, and showing them on a training pitch on how I think we can do it how we can isolate 1v1s and 2v2s and 2v1s and yeah. um, the quickest way of getting there we're going to play some football of course we are but ultimately we, we need to try and get the ball in the back of the net as quickly as possible whether that's passing it 50 times or passing it twice and we get it in the back of the net so um, we're going we're gonna to be organised I'm going to show them the way that I like to do things and hopefully the results come sooner rather than later. I'm obviously know that things aren't going to change overnight. There is a process to this and getting players in isn't always easy. And the way you have to go about things is, is approaching players and asking for seven-day approaches. So things can take time. Yeah. So it, it's not going to be easy. I know that. I totally understand that. I'm, I'm not stupid enough to think that, oh, no, it's going to it'll happen Saturday and we'll go over there and we'll we'll turn these over because everything's, everything's changed. No, that's not going to be the case. It's going to... It's going to take a little bit of time, but like I said, I want it to happen sooner rather than later because you're yeah. right, we need to get away from that bottom three. Uh, and what about, um, you know, you're talking about being on John's staff. What about your own staff? Have you brought your own staff in? And who are No, and, no? Uh, the, the assistant manager that was, was over, I know Pip very, very well. I've worked with him previously uh, okay. when I was I used to run my own football school and he was one that I, I recruited over to coach. He's a very good coach. He can play as well, so... I've got a really good relationship with Pip, and so I know that I can trust him. I know that he can coach. So well, he'll have a good insight need, into what you've got as well, won't he? Other, exactly. So it, it was a no-brainer for me. It was someone that already knew, already knew what was there. He knows what's there. Saturday, this Saturday, he will, he will have a lot to say this Saturday because obviously I'm going to be new. So first training session on foot tonight. So he will have a, a good insight on what's there, uh, and then. Coming next week, I will take over the reins a lot more, uh, and then we'll we'll start improving on what I want to take over. Yeah, you you, you mentioned uh, this Saturday. You you've got a, a trip to Worthing, and then I think yeah. Potters Bar on Tuesday, depending you know, how they get mm. on. It, it maybe a FA Cup replay they might need, but uh, it, it's Thursday night training. That's going to be your first chance to to meet the lads. So I guess the the long trips are. Uh, maybe a, an opportunity for you to uh, to bond with some of the players as well and get get to know them as as people. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I feel I, I like to do things a little different. Um, I, I spoke to when I spoke to the chairman. He said, um, "Oh, do you know many of the players over here? Have you will you have a decent relationship with them?" So what I said to him is that I think it's, it can become difficult when you get too friendly to players. Um, I just think that yes, you need to understand and know your players. But what I won't be doing is I won't be I won't be making friends with them. I think it can just be difficult when you need to make tough decisions on whether or not they're staying there, whether or not they're playing. And so what I said is that yeah, I know some of them. I said, but we're not going to be friends. I will be quite distant to them, and that will be Pip's role in in being their friend and and getting to getting to know them and I will be I'll be the one that has to make all the tough decisions and upset some people I would imagine so um, 
I'll get to know them. I'll tell them that tonight at our first training session. I'll obviously, I'm going to be approachable, don't get me wrong. I, I still want them to come to me if they've got problems or anything like that. But at the same time, I just don't think that you can become close with players. I think it becomes too difficult and can master judgment at times. I think as well, Cam, that it's a, it's more of a balancing act as a young manager like you are. Mm. Um, I think you have to be really careful. I mean, I think it's easier at my age. I'm a dinosaur. I can nearly be their <laughs> uncle. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. but yeah. I, 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 when I look back, you know, a hundred years ago, you, you're right. If you socialise with them, you know, and my back mm. in the day, you'd have a few beers and whatever. And it was always, there was always a line and you always had to. And the other thing is, if you have good players, they'll understand the line as much as you do. You know, you won't need of to course. enforce yep. it too much, but, but I think you're right to address it. Yeah, that'll be something that I will definitely, that'll be one of the main things that I say to them tonight is that, because I know that they've been, they've run very, very different over at Brighton. It's very family orientated, and it's a very close knit club, and, and that's brilliant. I love, I love that that feel about it. But at the same time, the manager and players, I think, have to run slightly different. Now, call me what you like, but that's just the way I believe, and I still want, I'm still going to be approachable. I think that's the main thing, and I, and I will tell them that. And if they've got any problems or they disagree with my my views or opinions. They can come and have a chat with me. That's of course, but ultimately, it's my decision. At the end of the day, and they're going to have to deal with that. It's the way that I've always, always thought managers should run when when I've dealt with managers in the past is when you go and ask someone, just be honest with them. Now, whether or not it's brutal honesty, and some people can deal with it, and some people can't. Um, if you give them your honest opinion, yeah. that's all they can ask for. So, if someone comes and asks while while they're not playing, or what's the, what's what's the problem? I will tell them the reason behind it. Now they can either accept that and take it on board and do what they have to do to get back in the team. Um, they're not necessarily always going to agree with it, but I think if you're honest with them, I think that players, I know that's how I would have been like to dealt with. So yeah. that's the way I look at it. Yeah, it, It's interesting that you, you mentioned about Brighton Sea Regent and the way the clubs run, because uh, yeah. I've always found them they're one of the friendliest clubs yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, around. and. Um, obviously, uh, Terry Doherty, the, the the chairman there. I think the first yeah. time we spoke to him on the show, he was coordinating moving a stand from half the length of the country uh, <laughs> to the to the to the ground. Yeah. You know, he he yeah. he fully uh, brightening sea uh, through and through. And we often talk about that relationship between chairman and manager and how important that is. Uh, uh, did you know Terry before you were, uh, got appointed, or it, it, I didn't. No, I didn't know him at all. The first time I've ever met him was on Sunday when I went for my interview with him. Um, and you say I, I say interview very very loosely because it was like, and this goes to show the man himself is that it was just like I'd I'd known him for for years and we just had a chat about football and it was so laid back and he made it very very comfortable for me to stand there and and tell him how I wanted to do things and my views and opinions. It was it was very very easy to talk to him and I think that just goes to show the kind of guy that he, he, he is. But at the same time, I think he's got a direction in where he wants to go and where he sees the football club. And it was just where I see myself going. So it was, a, it was a really good chat on Sunday. And obviously they thought the same. And thankfully I got the job and we'll see where it takes us now. Well, it, it, it's great to hear uh, another person's view on a, on a chairman that I respect fully as well. Don't no, I was just going to say, um, just we're talking about your next couple of games. It might be a good time to play Potter's Bar after, you know what it's like yourself, they, they have a massive game against Barnet. No matter mm. how that goes, 
win or lose. Uh, as a football manager, it's sometimes difficult to motivate your team in the next game. So it might yeah. be a, it might be a reasonable time to be playing them. I'm sure I know Lee yeah. well. He played for me. He won't he'll be, he won't be happy with, it, but it's a fact, and we all know it. It's just one of them. Um, it's one of them difficult days. Is the day after the yeah. big game. Yeah, if they win, then they'll all be on a high, yeah. won't they? And they, they may be taking their foot off it. And if, if they lose, it's one of those where, well, we play Barnet on Saturday, now we're playing Exactly, yeah, you know. Right. It, it, yeah. it could be one of those, yeah. But at the same time, I think you, I think we can get carried away in looking at opposition. I think that's what I've, I've learned and something that I've always wanted to take in is that, yes, you need to be mindful of the opposition, but yeah. we need to worry about getting our house in order and making sure that, we do the things that we can control and make sure that we're in charge of our own destiny of what we can control. So, yes, we are mindful of what their strengths and their weaknesses are and what they're capable of, but I think we have to focus on our own strengths and make sure that we're on it on that day and then see where that game takes us. Because if we if we play well and we do what we're capable of doing, then we'll give anyone a game. I'm I'm pleased you said that because uh, obviously I was going to mention yeah, your first home game is against Royston Town in the in the FA Trophy mm-hmm. and and Dave's already roasted them already on the show oh, today. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, they have a very difficult cup tie against um, uh, Molden and Tiptree, you know. So uh, yeah. so they've got two hard games now. We've 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 spoke to you, Cam. Uh, Kem, uh, thank you for joining us on the Non Lethal Show. It's been uh, great no to talk to you. We wish you well. We'll be following yeah, your progress luck. and uh, good luck with it all. Thank you very much. Another young manager um, yeah. with plenty of experience. I mean, I, we didn't even mention it, it. They used to play for Senrab, which is a, one of these the sort of uh, junior sides that have mm. brought through uh, oh, John Terry, Jermaine Defoe, lo- loads and loads of players that, that sort of uh, from that South London area. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, his contacts book must be as good as any other manager and in that, step three. That'll be big. That'll be massive. We've, we've talked about recruitment um, t- today and, and every day we'll talk about recruitment. Um he he's worked under John Coventry, so he'll have great experience under John. And John's a calm manager. We're talking about calm managers. I get the feeling that calm ain't. It's funny how you get a feeling about managers. I I think he could um he could roast the dressing room. That's fine. It's all different ways. I um I I, I think as a young manager, the balance between friendship and 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 being their manager is massive, and he he covered that. I think um, being honest with players and keeping players motivated is a, a big part of it. And you know, I, I I would always say that success isn't necessarily about the eleven players on the pitch. It's about the rest of them, you know. And if you can keep them on board, buying into what you're doing, you know, and it just keeps it competitive and and. Today's football with so many teams around, people will leave you if, if you leave them out. They'll leave you for a five-pound note. And if you can keep them all on board, especially the ones not in the team, I think. So man management is a, is a massive part of it. But it's always nice to to hear the enthusiasm um, as opposed to cynicism when you get to the other end of the road, you know. But So, I, yeah, we wish him well. And to be fair, I spoke briefly about Leo Leary at Potter's Bar. Um Lee played for me at uh, Wimbledon and, and against me for Hendon over the years and um, good lad and and you know they're they're doing well and it's it's just great to watch these lads progress in, in into management. <laughs> 
So let's round off the show and head on over to the Non-League Paper Towers and welcome back to the Non-League Show. Uh, David Richardson, Senior Writer at the Non-League Paper. Welcome back, David. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure, sir. Now, I'm guessing, uh, just as we've had on this show, there's going to be an FA Cup focus this weekend with plenty to be excited about. Yes, definitely. Very much so. We've um, covering every game as, as we have been uh, doing over the last sort of few rounds. Um, and of course, we're at that stage now, the fourth round qualifying, where uh, you're just 90 minutes away um, from getting in the first round. And, and as we know, um, sort of all the profile that 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 can bring for for non-league clubs when you've got the likes of Portsmouth and, and Sunderland that you could be uh, could be pulled out of the hat. But no, before then, um, like you say, we've got all the all the coverage this weekend of those of those fourth round qualifying qualifying times. There's some really good ones in there, obviously. Belper going to Notts County is uh, one that stands out. There's obviously the two um, TV games as well to to look out for on BBC and, and, and BT uh, at lunchtime and in the evening, respectively. So, um, yeah, looking forward to a really good good weekend of, of FA Cup action. Yeah, and uh, there is that, that that big goal at the end. There's the prize money as well. Um, but I have also I just just had the, the confirmation from the, the FA of of the buy um, with the. Uh, the dem- dem- demise of uh, of Berry, um, there'll be a spare. Or what? Uh, basically, the last ball in in the, in the bag that comes out gets a buy in the first round proper and the prize money, um, which could be well, well for for a non league club, um, that, that would be all your dreams come true, wouldn't it? Yeah, we've we've sort of been wondering what um, what was going to happen. That obviously Berry. Um, uh, expelled from, from the football league and therefore couldn't uh, take part in uh, the FA Cup this season. And um, as a result of that, the competition is running with a, with a team short. So uh, let's hope it's a non-league side getting that getting that buy on, on Monday night. But it's another little sort of element, I guess, to the draw where if you're getting sort of if your number hasn't been called out and you're getting towards the end, you probably don't want it to come out. Uh, and then you know get into, get into the second round then and, and yeah get pick up the prize money as well so it's um you know an interesting one I'm not sure uh quite whether that that's happened before but so uh so that'll be that that'll be uh be interesting to to look out for Monday night yeah so it certainly adds to the drama doesn't it and and talk about drama I mean we I spoke last week to to Matt Badcock about the the two big managerial changes in the National League. At, um, and then we had a couple of postponements due to travel issues uh, on the Saturday, and another manager lost his job without even playing. Yeah, that's right, Dave Challoner. I was I was off last week, um, which seems like quite a good uh, good one to be missing, despite it being uh, on league day. But um, yeah, quite a busy Saturday, obviously, with um, some postponed games uh, called off due to an incident. Um, at Euston, uh, I think it was uh, Dover travelling up to Barrow and um, Dagenham were, were going to Stockport and also Sutton at, at Files and there were games of the spring, so travelling up on the train and um, yeah, as a result of that, um, Files manager uh, Dave Chaloner was uh, was chopped. Um, after a difficult start for them, obviously. You know, I think they were my pick to to win the league and. As things currently stand there in the relegation zone, um, you know, no one really saw this start coming. Um, Dave Chandler has always been such a good servant uh, for the club. He he, dropped, he took a drop in in levels when he first went there, and has seen their rise up through the leagues to to where they are now. Of course, they 
won the FA Trophy in May um, on, on the finals day. They also were at Wembley the week before that when um, they left in, in the playoff final for Salford. Um, and, and yeah, here we are now, what, sort of four or five months later and um, you're not in the job anymore. So, you know, I guess that's the, the ruthless way of, uh, of football. Um, the, the timing was... A surprise, obviously, seeing that on Saturday. I think it was announced at about half three, which was about sort of thirty minutes into the first half. Usually, <laughs> um, had they been playing, but um, you know, I saw today that Chairman uh, David Hayfield, who's been a, a, obviously a real driving force at the club with, it, with everything they've done over uh, the years, basically said that the decision had already been made. Uh, last week following their defeat in midweek against Chesterfield who was another team struggling and um, basically he had been in Japan for the Rugby World Cup so he didn't want to uh, call Dave Chalamel or send an email and do it that way um, so he, he came back once the, the France-England game had been postponed um, and then yeah when they, when they met on Saturday he obviously delivered the news and, and interestingly he said you know had had far beaten Sutton four 0 that day, you know, it still wouldn't have um, wouldn't have changed the decision. Obviously, it would have made that conversation a little bit more, a little bit tougher, I imagine. But um, you know, it was it was already it was already made up what they were going to do. Yeah, but and as you uh, intimated, what what a tough uh, life it it can be to be a, a manager. You know, two appearances at, at Wembley in in May, and then by October, uh, well. He, he, he might be looking for a train down to Wembley at the moment to fill his time, Dave Channing. But I'm sure he'll be back in football. Uh, a, a, a lovely guy and a, a, a man that, that that knows the non-league so well as well. So I'm sure it won't be long before yeah. he's back in a job. An interesting development this week, uh, after the weekend, up at Ilkeston Town. Now, there's a club that's had plenty of drama in recent years, uh, even before this week. But Former player Mark Clifford, he came in just two months ago, I think, uh, as head coach. And this week, he finds himself as the new owner, having headed a takeover. And uh, former, uh, former chairman Alan Hardy, who, again, had done so well just to get the feet, uh, the, the club back on its feet and, and even surviving. Uh, he's left, and I understand the club's debts have also been cleared as well. So it's sort of like a... a, a fairy tale, almost like a Disney dream for Ilkeston Town fans. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, an interesting one. The manager taking over the club is something that clearly doesn't happen very often. Um, obviously, Alan Hardy had a lot of problems at, at Notts County last season, which has been well documented. And at the same time, he, he also owned uh, Ickleston, who um, last season went step five, but they won the league under Lee Fowler and got promoted. But, um, you know, I think after the experience at Notts County and with his own business going into administration um, you know he was looking to sort of get out of football ownership really and and, and uh, obviously yeah that, like you say like the managers come in and step up and um, it seems like uh, you know judging by the that they've, they've put out the, the club constitution going forward looks looks pretty safe um, I think I was reading it and they said there's you know millions of sort of pounds has been invested into sort of future in the ground the club etc and um, you know I know, I know it wasn't sort of all plain sailing last season despite them winning the title um, so I guess that's that, that's good to see obviously there's, nowadays there's always a, an element of apprehension I guess with um, takeovers and, and sort of how they come about and, and the process of the uh, 
fit and proper burden test, etc. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that, I guess. Like, but for for the meantime, the the um, the, the proposal and the takeover looks looks a pretty steady one. Yeah, I know many managers that would probably like to take over their own club, but uh, you know, uh, to actually make it happen <laughs> is, a, is is quite an achievement. If if it all go, as you say, if it all goes through, and of course, uh, we also had the the draws for the FA Vars and FA Trophy competitions uh, uh, this week. We set up some uh, some interesting ties that, that we'll be uh, you know, looking forward uh, to uh, uh, next weekend. I guess the first of those. Yeah. Um... We'll uh, be covering uh, the, the draws in, in the paper uh, this weekend. Like I say, they're uh, they're quickly coming around. Obviously, the competition is all well underway. Always sort of catching me off guard, really. Remember the FA Cup and, and the bars and the trophies, sort of how early they start, and the uh, and then finally, eventually, it comes around to those those finals at Wembley on uh, Monday finals day. Um, you know, which I always sort of maintain as one of the the great sort of days in, in the non-league calendar really each year. Um, so we're, we're yeah we're looking ahead to those in in the paper this week and uh, and also looking forward to look forward to those uh, those weekends of the cup competitions. Yeah, and I, I you did touch on on it earlier because you you had a week off and we yeah we didn't we didn't didn't like to to. <laughs> to, to say that uh, you know, your absence uh, was noted. But uh, uh, you, you mentioned non-league day, and we, we should uh, say that although it was a bit of a damp weekend, it, it seemed to be another successful event uh, yeah, across the country. It's some great coverage um, from the, the the professional game, actually, you know, particularly the Premier League really mm. getting behind the campaign. Yeah, they're, they're Big mentions on, on football focus. And it, it just shows how the whole campaign's been taken to the, the heart of the football community in this country. Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, the 10th instalment of, of the event, and like you say, there seems to be uh, loads of national media coverage of, of the day, which... Um, of course, both both well for the for the event itself. Um, there was more great crowds. I think Clapton had nine hundred. Um, Dulwich had had three thousand again, and, and loads of sort of great sort of quirky schemes as well. Um, yeah, throughout throughout sort of across the country and throughout non-league, and yeah, it's good to see sort of the Premier League have urging their fans to to get out to sort of local non-league sides around them. So another roaring success. Um, you know, I know. Of how hard uh, James Doe and, and the guys work um, putting together that, that campaign, which they, you know, all, all do for for the love of non-league and, and for the love of the game, and um, you know, hopefully that that will continue growing uh, growing uh, next year uh, as we look ahead to the eleventh year, which is amazing, really, because uh, doesn't seem all that long ago that it was starting off sort of as a, as a Facebook uh, event. Um, in, in 2010, and, and here we are now. But uh, no, another another uh, roaring success, I think, despite the damp conditions and, and, and the train delays, etc., and, uh, and the managerial departures. I guess that's uh, typical of, of what non-league is and the unexpected nature. So uh, yeah, a good day of Yeah, very very non-league with all those managerial departures. But uh, quite quite a quiet one this week. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's still early days. Uh, it says. Says David, I've still got to write some uh, some copy. Um, what else? Can, what else can you expect to read on in Sunday's paper then? Um, well, I spoke to Liam Watson this week, who's a uh, Southport manager, uh, who celebrated his 500th 
game in charge last weekend. Um, as he told me, he's actually getting towards a thousand. It was his uh, 981st in total for his career, um, which he said uh, made him realise felt old. Although he's only 49 on Monday, so um, he's been in management for a long time. He's always uh, great to uh, speak to. So many stories of his of his time at Southport and other clubs. Obviously, he's won the. Um, Conference North Conference three times, uh, twice at Southport and once with Telford. And obviously, he's, he's back at Southport now to try and try and get a third one with them. Um, so I spoke to him. I've also spoken to uh, Simon Weaver at Harrogate Town, who are in really good form in the National League at the moment. Uh, I'm beating in the last seven and, and sort of back on the cusp of the playoffs again after a somewhat sort of mixed start, really. Um, but of course, they enjoyed a great first year in the National League last season, uh, the highest level that they've ever played at. Um, so yeah, good to good to speak to him him as well. He's always sort of a very down to earth and and um, you know respectful of, of, of where the club's at, but also at the same time wanting to wanting to move the club forward. Um, with his dad Irving, who's the chairman, and and is another sort of real driving force at the club, um, and uh, yeah, I think that's sort of just about it for what, I, for what I've just, done mostly. Just, just 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 about it with all those uh, match reports as well to to read. Um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's time to put your feet up on a Sunday, having uh, with, with all these FA uh, FA Cup games <laughs> as well taking place on Saturday this time round rather than spread around. It, it's more time to read the paper on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, that's what's uh, had a sort of difficult week last week. I think there's some sort of distribution problems and the vans and everything. We'll gloss over that. We'll gloss over that if you can get out on Sunday and, and pick up the paper somewhere. Uh, so, it's always much appreciated. Yeah, make make sure you got your subscription in and you're guaranteed to get hold of it. Uh, <laughs> David, thank, thanks for joining us uh, once again in the non league football show. Have a great weekend and speak to you soon. Thanks very much, Tim. So that's it for this week. A big thank you to Dave Anderson for joining me. Yeah, good to be here, Tim. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you. A big thank you to all of our guests. A big thank you to everybody that listens. Don't forget you can follow us throughout the season and join in throughout the week on social media at Non-League Show. Dave Anderson at Dave Anderson 78 Caroline Barker at Caroline Barker, and myself at Tim Fuel. Plus, you can, of course, find us every week on Audio Boom on iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, as it's now called, uh, oh. Stitcher, Deezer, TuneIn Radio, uh, uh, Spark Speakers, and all good podcast aggregation sites. Thank you, and goodbye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.